So, there was, and I was a young man at this time, but there was a time when I said something to an older woman that I truly regret, and uh, I'll take you there. So, I was working at this car dealership. My friend Joe told me that he was making a lot of money, and he was like, oh, you should leave the car dealership that you're with and come to this other car dealership where they sell better luxury cars, there's less salespeople, you'll make a lot more money, and the staff is a lot cooler and younger. So off I go. And now I'm a part of this new company, I'm learning. I was accustomed to the last place, so this new change wasn't really all that welcome. I didn't like everybody that much. Anyway, I am sitting there one morning and it's still my first week on the job. I haven't really spoken to anybody, and I'm never working the same time as Joe, so the one person that I know who works there, I never see. I'm sitting in the break room, eating my breakfast, and this group of four come in. They've already been there for some time, all older salespeople, and they're giving me the normal, nice, welcoming conversation at some point, an older woman begins to uh, tell a story, and she's like late 50s. So at the time, she was probably older than my mom. She definitely was. I would never speak to her with disrespect. So she's telling her story, and I didn't hear a part. And what I didn't hear kind of sounded like she just said the word dick. And I've been telling myself there's no way, but she's like really into the story. And so she's still going while I'm battling in my mind like, that lady didn't say dick, let it go. But I'm like, but I don't know what she said and I can't follow the story now. So I interrupt her politely and I'm like, excuse me, did you just say dick? And her jaw dropped like one of those old cartoons, you know, the wolf when he saw whoever Droopy Dog was always getting with, the wolf would see her and his eyes would come out of his head and they would be the size of his body and his jaw would hit the floor and his tongue would roll out like a red carpet. So she's stuck looking like the wolf. Everyone else at the table, like there wasn't a gasp, but the immediate silence might as well have been a gasp. It would have been fitting if someone had dropped a pin in that moment. Uh, she says no, eventually. And then, almost as though through telepathic connections, they all just started putting their food back in their bags and getting up and leaving the break room. And I was by myself again. Look, I don't think there are enough people here in this but, old lady, if you are still alive and for some reason listening to this podcast, I didn't mean to say dick to you. I was raised better than that. Something that I still can't wrap my mind around is that there are some people who are still walking around unvaccinated. Now, I'm not going to go on a whole tirade about what a moron you are, but I did have to get a, a vaccination test for the first time like a week and some change ago. Um, I'll just say this. 
if they ever have to test me again, it won't be going into my nose. I know that. It's now why I sound a little off today. I've got something else weird going on. But I'm sitting there. First of all, I knew that there were like multiple ways of getting a COVID test. So I walked in with the confidence of somebody going to jail who just knows they can't get raped and then suddenly they find out that they're very rapeable. Uh, I'll explain why I got the test. So a co-worker's kid got exposed because somebody in their class tested positive. So now that kid can't go to school for a week. They got to test it. But also that kid could have been infected. His family could have been infected which means that his mother who works with me could have been infected, which means I could have been infected and brought it home. So I went and got a test just to alleviate my concerns. I am uh, in the office and uh, I'm gonna call him a nurse. I don't know what you call them. It's a small doctor's office and he's not the actual doctor. He's walking and talking with me. And uh, I was like, yeah, so it's pretty quick getting a COVID test then. And he's like, oh, yeah, man, it doesn't take much time at all. Seconds. And I was like, sweet. So am I going to be spitting into a tube or will you be putting something into my mouth and swiping around in there? And he was like, nah, we do it through the nose. And I was like, and that's the only way? There's no alternative? And he was like, yeah. So now I'm getting myself psyched up because I'm still having to talk to the doctor because I'm there to follow up on something else. The timing just worked out. So I need to talk to him about all this blood work and stuff that I had done. And he's trying to like make jokes with me. One, I'm in a rush because I have a conference call that I need to be on soon. And two, I can't think about whatever the fuck he's talking about. Like he's trying to learn more about me as a person and whatnot. And in the back of my mind, I'm just like, man, that dude is going to shove that thing into my brain. And that's going to happen very shortly. So eventually they let me go over there. Now, I have heard that there are different types of nurses from people who have done the nose test multiple times. Again, I won't be. But apparently there are some people who just jam that thing in and get to rooting around and then there are others who barely even get in there and then they're out real quick like everybody tries to tell you that it's like real quick mine was not quick mine was not like when you have a, a quick dream and then you wake up and it's been eight hours and you're like how the fuck did that happen all i did was take an elevator ride no this dude was there for a while like he goes okay here we go and he, he starts putting it in. And, you know, I, I've had a fear of somebody putting that in there anyway. I don't use uh, Kleenexes. Kleenex? No. Q-tips. I don't use Q-tips because I'm terrified of the thought of the end coming off in my ear. So the thought of somebody sticking something way the fuck up my nose really bothered me. But I'm also, you know, a man. And I'm standing in front of, sitting in front of another man. And he's telling me, hey, not going to be a big deal. And I am, while at the same time trying to establish my manhood, uh, I am also letting him know I'm not okay with anything that's happening right now. I really wish that we were doing this a different way. But you know what? I guess it's not going to kill me, so fuck it. And he just starts rooting. So he had to hold me down for a second because once it got past the point of okay, I, I can sit still while you jam something into my brain. You know, your chest and body start to like rise like you're trying to kick up or something. 
And uh, I could feel that like hand on my shoulder, like, come on, man, sit down. So I'm just almost totally perpendicular to the ground. And he's in the first nostril. I'm going to say for, let's say four seconds. That's not quick. One Mississippi. Now do that four times. So as he's taking it out, then he goes, okay, and the next one. I did not realize they go in both nostrils. So he goes, and now for the next one. And I was like, next one? And then he starts shoving it in, and I just go perpendicular. Because when I said next one, I had stopped levitating, like in The Exorcist. And as soon as he like shoved it in, I went straight back to being parallel to the ground. When he was done, he pulled it out, and my face looked like if you've ever seen one of those pornos where the women just gag on a dick to the point where like it looks like they might be getting ready to pass out like there's all that saliva and they just look a mess like their mascara is running and all their makeup looks like shit like a pimp just slapped them and took what little change they had that's how my face looked when he pulled out that second one i was just tired of dick and i i needed a chance to think and be with my family no more sex for me today, director. I'm done. And he goes, let me go get you something to clean off your face. And I'm just wiping tears away and snot. It was not my prettiest moment. I took a picture. I will leave that picture uh, in the podcast as the artwork underneath the description. I believe it shows up everywhere. I know it shows up on Spotify so that you can see what he did to me. I look like he just had sex with me against my wishes. So, having said that, it came out negative, but I had to wait till Monday to find that out because he said, oh, we should know tomorrow, which would be Saturday. And then I didn't hear anything, and I call on Monday, and somebody, like, looks it up, like, oh, yeah, you're negative. Why didn't you fucking call me? Either way, that will never happen to me again. No more sex with my nose from sticks for COVID. Daniel had just taken quite a massive dump. After a good 25 minutes of sitting on the toilet struggling to keep all the shit out of his body, Matthew turned around and saw what was almost a completely full toilet bowl. It just looked like a giant brown stew. He was so proud of himself, he took several pictures of it. And then he sat there and thought, which of his friends he should send the picture to. He remembered back in his early 20s when he would drag his friends in and show them what he had done to the toilet bowl. And he remembered taking pictures and then taking it to his friends in person and saying, hey, look at this girl. And then it was just a picture of a toilet bowl full of his feces. He also remembered sending text messages to some of those friends saying, look at this. As Matthew stood there, hovering over his friends list of who to share this photograph with, he recalled how long ago it had been, and how much everyone's lives had changed since the last time they had seen him fill a toilet bowl with his feces. These men had families now, careers. Would they be receptive? They read. They went out engulfed now. He imagined how each of them would react to seeing a toilet bowl full of feces and slowly cross them off his list of who to share the photograph with. He was 40 now. 
there'd be no more fun with feces. Sad and frustrated by old age, he flushed the toilet and then went to grab the plunger because the toilet bowl started to flood. Since uh, easily February of 2020, I was holding on to this little like pre-tax commuter card. Like, okay, for those of you who don't understand, some uh, companies, most, I think, most companies will allow you to take money out pre-tax so that you can pay for whatever to get to work. It's cool just because it lowers what you're taxed on. Um, so I had this card with a full month, and when I got laid off, I was like, oh, snap. Well, first of all, I had it because we were working from home for a month before I got laid off. And so I'm just like, all right, I will just hold on to this, and when the world returns to normal, then I've got a free month's worth of using this card. And I had that, you know, uh, through the entirety of the pandemic. Occasionally, I would, like, make sure that I remembered where it was, like, when I thought I was about to get a job. And I was like, all right, now, where's your commuter card? You're going to need it. Last week, I decide, okay, let's just check out the balance. Because it looks like in September, I'll have to go into the office five times a week. I call uh, the number on the back of the card, and it's like... There's no money on this card, which I know better because I'm like, nah, they took that money out of my paycheck, so it should be on the card because I didn't get it. So then I call a different number to speak with a woman, like a customer service representative, and uh, she explains to me that 90 days after I was no longer with my previous company, uh, they basically voided the money on the card. Nobody really describes that to you. It's not on the card in, like, fine print or anything. You really just have to find it out the hard way. And, I mean, it kind of makes me wonder how much money this company, and I forget the name, WageWorks, they are the ones who ran the card. How much money does WageWorks make from people who who get laid off and have no idea that they're just going to be sacrificing this money for the betterment of wage works. How? I don't think most people would even sign up for it. I certainly won't. Like, if wage works is at the next place, should something go wrong at my current job? Nah, I'll do it myself because I know what's not going to happen. I'm not just going to give them a whole month's worth of riding around on the subway People are animals, and they probably have slaves somewhere in their company headquarters, so I hope somebody checks that out. Sometimes, because I'm still getting used to being in a, uh, a different type of position, I've never been over people. Generally been a cog, an administrative something. Um, I had this conversation with this uh, older woman. And we were going to uh, a rally. I've already Googled the instructions to get to this place because I'm one of those people. I don't really like setting itineraries or anything, but if I know that I have to go to the museum tomorrow, I'm going to look it up how long it's going to take me. I'm just going to do that. Uh, 
So it's like the end of the day. The next morning, we'll be going. And she shouts out to me, hey, tomorrow. And I was like, yeah. And then she was like, do you know how to get there? And I kind of laughed to myself because I'm like, I'm a millennial. Of course I know how to get there. But she starts going through the directions from memory, step by step. She told me which train car I need to get on to be closest to the appropriate exit, which I can't be mad at that. But at the same time, in my mind, I was just like, I have Google. I don't need you to do this. But if you're older and you had ever been a secretary or something, you probably had to do that back in the day. So I don't know how to end the conversation. And I am so bad about jumping off of conversations. I give a lot of Irish goodbyes because I prefer not to say goodbye. Uh... I say, well, we'll see you bright and early because we did have to be there at like, eh, it wasn't really that early. It was like 930. And she's older than me. So I assume she wakes up at the crack of 330 a.m. And I say, all right, we'll see you bright and early. And she responds with, yes, sir. But like with a question mark at the end, just like that. And then she left me alone. She ended up being a really nice lady. We got to know each other a lot more the next day, even though she did piss me off right in the beginning. But I think it was great. Um, not so much that she gave me that question that I was able to end that conversation and make her as awkward as she had made me. But it was also just weird because I was like, man, it's not really... I mean, no, nobody really ever says yes, sir, to me, sarcastically or not. But it's just hard to get used to. It's like I was talking to this old guy last week. And, you know, he's older, works in the mailroom. And he was walking past my office and he was asking everybody if they had any outgoing mail. I did, but I didn't have it in my office. I put it in the inbox outbox at the secretary's desk in the front of the office on our floor. So I start walking after him because I, I legitimately have a question for him. And uh, I chase him out of the office and he comes back in and I noticed that he hadn't picked up the envelopes that needed to be mailed, one of which was a check. Most of them checked stubs. And uh, I was like, hey, earlier uh, this dude said that something that came in would go in the outgoing box. And I don't know if I heard that wrong or if he just said it wrong. And he never really responded to me. He just goes, oh, well, these little boxes aren't going to work anyway. And I was like, well, why do you say that? And he was like, ah, they're just not going to work. And I was like, well, I put them there. Because prior to that, they had two, like, pails, like buckets for mopping that had inbox outbox on them just lying in chairs in the reception area. And I was like, that's not going to work. So then he realizes... It was my decision. And he goes, oh. And I was like, no, seriously, though, why won't it work? And he was like, oh, no, no, you know. And I was like, seriously. Like, I wasn't being sarcastic. And then he just left. Did not answer me. I'm not accustomed to that. I asked a former HR director. I was like, why did he respond like that? Why isn't anybody, like, speaking to me like they normally do? And he was like, oh, well, he didn't tell you because he didn't realize when he said it that it was your call. But, uh, yeah, sometimes people just, and I don't know how to take it 
because we're supposed to be nobody's really given me an attitude yet but we're supposed to be these kind of neutral people not necessarily like toby from the office but kind of never excited never judgmental never anything but hr and just thinking about that i was like one day somebody is going to say something to me that's really going to test me and i asked him i was like what do you do when somebody tries to get a rise out of you now me and this guy very different people because i'm easy to upset i have a really bad temper and i don't think that that's his problem he's a big dude but not an intimidating dude he's a tall drink and he told me one day somebody was upset with him and then called him to his face a genuine bitch <clears throat> and he began to laugh for a long time I didn't think that was very funny but he started laughing under his mask and then he repeated it because I was just like well that's something and he was like I mean he didn't call me a, a lion bitch called me a genuine bitch and I've never been called that before so I took it and went on my way and I guess that is how adults should handle things it's not it's new to me because I was just like, oh, no, man. I'm not a lawyer from people who just call you a bitch. And you take it, but you do. Because in the grand scheme of things, is being called a bitch worth losing my job and going to jail? No. I would be very mad the next day. Plus, I think that he walked away with the knowledge of, one day, if you fuck up, I'm going to be the one who fires you. So, I will hold off until we get to that juncture. Hi, uh, I'm calling about the dick yoga. <clears throat> uh, sir, I, I apologize. We have uh, had a little bit of an issue with the magazine where we printed our ad. It's not dick yoga. Um, it's actually duck yoga. Uh, a small group of people throughout the city like to gather with their pets and just... What? Oh, okay. I just... Do you know if dick yoga exists? Uh, I don't, but due to the volume of calls that we've had from the typo, I have a feeling that it might just exist. Did you Google it? I didn't really want my Google search history messed up like that. Fair enough, fair enough. I tell you what, I got your number here on the caller ID, and should someone tell me where they're going for dick yoga, uh, I'll be sure to give you a ring right back. I appreciate that. Okay. Uh, do I just start or? Okay, and before I start, would somebody mind getting me some kind of water? Thank you. Um, yeah, so I, I guess I'm here to share the story of how trying to plan a surprise party uh, can land you up on how to catch a predator. So, it begins. Uh, I've always enjoyed, you know, coaching sports, and, uh, the kids wanted to do something really special for, uh, this little kid Johnny's family. They had a rough year, you know, um, 
I didn't know the family that well, per se, but Johnny always seemed like a good kid, and uh, prior to having rough times, they would show up at every game. And, you know, they're real community people. Said hello to everybody, asked how you were, and actually wanted to know. They didn't just keep walking when they said, how are you? Um, so we decided that it would be good to uh, throw them a little bit of a party. Uh, we collected somebody, and instead of just buying tickets for a vacation, we wanted to tell them, look, you can have the cash, or you can go on a much-needed vacation to X with this money. Um, in order to coordinate that whole thing, I had to, you know, kind of move in secrecy a little bit. So uh, I needed to know when Charlie's parents were going to be out of the house, you know, so that we could uh, get in there and plan a lot. Um, and, you know, I am angry at how the whole thing played out, but there's a lot of blame to go around. Mostly on, you know, my friends, but I'll get there. So, I'm messaging him to find out. And, you know, it's weird to just ask some kid, hey, are your parents home? So, I gotta make it, you know, conversation. So, you know, I'm asking him how he is and this and that. I don't think I asked anything too appropriate, but, you know, we talked about girls a little bit. Who doesn't? And, um, so now, you know, it's the night. And, uh... I know his parents are going to be home at 9 p.m. So I sneak in around 5.30. I don't know if they found our communications in his chats or something, or if he got a little freaked out and told them that I was, like, asking him a lot of personal questions. But uh, I get there, and I've got a few party tricks on me, you know, some uh, noisemakers, um, I guess I could see how a couple of the toys that I brought looked like dildos, but they were not. They were glow sticks. Special glow sticks. You know, they were thick, but they also were on sale. That's why I bought them. I don't think they looked phallic. Anyway, so, I'm sneaking in the house with my bag full of toys, and out of nowhere, this guy calmly comes out talking to me. And he's talking to me like I'm some kind of pervert. And I was like, dude, stop. But I also have watched the show before, so I know that our conversation isn't going to be the end of it. He's also not buying my story at all. My friends were around the corner waiting for me to give the thumbs up. Eventually I got to a window. They were gone. I don't know if they got spooked by the line of fucking SWAT officers that was around the corner waiting for me to leave the house, but they took off, and it would take some time before anyone came forward and told them I don't fuck kids. I had to go to the jail and get fingerprinted, and everybody kept discussing how I was a kid fucker, and I heard people describing what people were going to do to me when they moved me to another section of the jail. I have never been so afraid of penetration in my life. When I got to a holding cell, a guy just talk, kept talking about my ass, but using stuff that I've never heard of before. Like he was describing it like he was talking about an amusement park and how he was going to ride it. And he made it a point every time that he made a sexual reference to me to tell me that it was going to be dry. 
And every time that he told me that the sex is going to be dry, it just made me want to scream. Because I knew he meant it. Something about his eyes. I could tell that that dude has fucked ass before, and he did not spit on his dick. And I heard some people describe it. And what it does to you, I just... I'm so grateful that somebody came forward right before I got cornered somewhere. Because I gotta tell you, I killed myself. You can't just fuck me in the ass and leave me with those kind of memories for the rest of my life. No, I gotta die, and I would prefer if you died with me. You get what I'm saying? That water never came, and my throat is dry. Somebody bringing it? So, anyway, I don't coach anymore. I just kinda stay to myself. I leave the kids to what the kids do. I don't ever want to fucking talk to a kid. Every time that a child gets near me, all I think of is that animal eating a fucking bologna sandwich with mustard on one side of his face, talking to me about dry ass fucking. There's a special place in hell for that dude. And I know he is somewhere dry fucking people as we speak. I don't know who needs to hear this, but stay away from criminal activity if you live in Loudoun County. You do not want to go to that jail because there is a man there who craves dry ass. And I know you're thinking, why would somebody want that when they want it lubricated? Sometimes friction drives people crazy, I guess. Seems like that's the only way you can come. I heard him describe dry sex to me for three hours and some change. I remember because we were watching a movie, the movie ended, and then the next movie started and halfway through it, he was still talking about dry sex to me. He would be talking about it while he gambled, while he ate, and what was weird was nobody judged this man for the gay crazy sex that he kept talking to me about because he was talking about punishing a pedophile. And I kept telling them, I don't fuck kids, and they were like, whatever, dry sex tonight. And then that got him going all over again, man. It's fucking nuts.